We talked with you last week, excuse me, about parables of the kingdom. We're going to continue on with some more uh, descriptions of some of these parables. And a parable, you say, well, what is a parable? A parable is really just a simple story that Jesus told about everyday life. Um, but it would convey some deep, very deep spiritual mm -hmm. truths, moral truths about the nature of God. It would convey truths about salvation. It, it may... Uh, portray or convey truths about eternity, why we're in the earth, how we're supposed to live. So the parables, although they were very simplistic, they held a lot of deep meaning. And Jesus would talk about various things like planting seeds in the ground. We talked about that last week, how the sower sows the word of God and, and uh, the sower sows the seed, which is like the word of God. But he would talk about planting seeds. He would talk about uh, a woman who lost a coin and the meaning of that. He would talk about sheep that were lost and the shepherd or a, a woman who was seeking justice from an unjust judge. Right. And it would capture the attention. It was, it, the crowds would come and it would capture their attention and they would listen uh, to what he was saying. Uh, but very often the crowds were not understanding what the parable was meaning, despite its simplicity. And Jesus was wanting to portray some deep spiritual truths. But most of the people at the time did not comprehend the message. And Jesus said to his disciples, like later on, they said, why are you always talking to the people in parables? You know, why don't you just speak something out a little bit more plainly? And he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom there of heaven uh, has been given to you, but not to them. Because he said the people, for this people's hearts have become calloused. The people that he was speaking to, their hearts were calloused. It was like the sower that we talked about last week. The seed fell on hard ground. Mm -hmm. It was like their ears were closed, their eyes were shut to truth, and so they could not hear the truth. And so Jesus purposely used parables, he said, uh, to hide the truth from people that had, that might be described as like temporary listeners. Because <laughs> yeah. there are a lot, think about the ministry of Jesus yeah. and the wow factor to it. Here's a man, a prophet's coming to town, you know, and we heard from the other town, the people have said what he does. He's multiplying food, he fed 5,000 in that town. So people, you know, when you hear about free food, come on now. Barbecue. <laughs> Let's just go check it out and see what's happening. So people were coming. Don't think they weren't. They were coming for the free food. They were coming for some of the wow factor and the entertainment of it all. Yes. I heard he's, he's healing the sick. He's making the lame to walk. And the people that are blind are seeing. Come on, let's go see this guy who's coming to town who they're calling this rabbi prophet. Yeah. And so they were coming more or less for the entertainment and rather than really understanding that they had a deeper need. They had a need to understand their heart, their lostness, their need for eternal salvation. Amen. And the deeper truths that Jesus was offering. But Jesus said only the people whose hearts would be open to hear what he wanted to say and want to obey what he was saying. Come this on. was important. It wasn't just a matter of listening. It was a matter of listening because your heart needed transformation. You wanted to change and obey that truth. He said to those people, the parable would be understood. And so we're going to share with you uh, from the parable of the wheat and the tares this morning. And uh, really, truly, it's the same presentation that Jesus would have given, saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So let's just pray before we begin. Father, we we come before you in the name of Jesus, and yes. you have been so good to us. Lord, that worship this morning was just awesome. <laughs> we thank you for our worship team. We thank you for the music that can be produced, that we yes. can lift our hands and speak to you and know that we are welcome in your presence. And we thank you for 
the eternal truth, Lord, that you've given us from your holy written word. I pray, Father, that you would soften hearts in this place this morning or anyone who's listening online to the sound of our, of, of, in their ears, that the seed of your word, Lord God, would be planted deep inside mm-hmm. of our hearts. It would take root and it would produce, Lord, according to the word of God. I pray that people's hearts are open and receptive. Lord, that they would find everlasting life and yes. truth and understanding this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. 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 So Jesus spoke uh, parables about the kingdom of God, specifically describing the kingdom of God. You know, it's so easy to be born into the earth and live and do your own thing in the earth and go the way of the earth. Everyone, it's appointed unto man once to die, so Mm -hmm. die and go into the grave back into the earth. And never understand that God had a plan and purpose for your life that was far beyond anything that you could have ever understood. How many of you have found that to be true? That oh, yeah. I remember when that was awakened to us. It was like, oh, we were 35 years old. Oh, my Yesterday, God. 35 years old. <laughs> a couple days ago, yeah. <laughs> that God has a plan and a purpose for your life far beyond the routine of everyday life, that we all go through the routine of everyday life. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom parables, these parables help us understand this broader picture right. that God is working out behind the scenes of everyday life that began really in the Garden of Eden. If you read in Genesis, it began there. And he's been working it out until the last pages of Revelation. Come on. And we see it goes on past Revelation. It goes on into all eternity, that he's working out a plan, his plan and purpose for the earth. Amen. And so Jesus came, you know, saying... The kingdom of God, or of God and of heaven is at hand to repent and believe the good news. And he's still saying that today. Amen. That's yep. the same message, really, that we're bringing today. Today is the day of salvation. He's still saying that, that when you repent of your sin, when you realize you need a Savior, you need a Deliverer, and you surrender your life to Christ, and you're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, right then, when you, if you do that in a genuine way, you enter into the kingdom of God. Or I should say, the kingdom of God comes to dwell on the inside of you. That's right. The kingdom of God comes to dwell on the inside of you. Our salvation isn't just about us waiting to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. God has done something miraculous on the inside of every believer. He's Amen. put... Heaven, he's put the kingdom of God on the inside of you. You become a citizen now of another kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is right. The kingdom of heaven, you become born into a a new kingdom. You still live on the earth. You still live on the earth, but you you are now on assignment, if you will, from heaven. Amen. Come on. You're like a pilgrim. We're described as a pilgrim. We're walking on a narrow road now with Jesus. And true Christians really do walk to the beat of a different drum. <laughs> Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. For sure. Um, and we, I say that because you and I, if, you're, if you are a true Christian, you gain your entire perspective from life. From, you gain knowledge and the wisdom and the power to live this new life that's uh, found in the pages of this Come book. Come on, that's right. This is where we find, this is where we gain our knowledge. This is where we gain our understanding of life. And this is key because now you are in the world, we're in the world, but we are not of the world. Hallelujah. So we have to figure out how do we walk out this path, this journey with Jesus, understanding who we really are. And there's a mystery to this, is there not? True. (laughs) 
of now, you know, we cannot, the kingdom of God, is, I'm saying, is on the inside of you. Well, you can't see it, and you often very much can't feel it. We touch it by faith. We touch it by faith. And because you can't see it, to most people, it's like, well, then it's not real. Everybody's into this follow the science. Have you noticed that lately? <laughs> Give me the proof. To the world, what we're saying sounds foolish because you cannot see it and you cannot say, well, prove it to me. I mean, sometimes Jesus would prove it through a miracle and say, this is the power of God that's at work. But the world is big now on follow the science, trust <laughs> the science. Science says, have you heard this lately? As if it's absolute truth. And sometimes, you know, they discover a truth. Right. But they've gotten it wrong. Amen. Science has gotten it wrong, right? Haven't there been scientists Come after on. hundreds of years go, oh, we thought it was like this, but actually it's like this. Truth. I mean, scientific knowledge has improved the world. Certainly it's improved the world, but it doesn't have all the answers for us. That, yeah. yeah, come on. I mean, only God is omniscient, and the word omniscient means all-knowing, all-knowledge, unlimited knowledge. Yes, hallelujah, yeah. unlimited. I mean, if science, I think, were only... is could only get humble, scientists get humble, and recognize who is the omniscient one, who has all knowledge. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. And yet the beauty is you don't have to be some kind of scientist or astrophysicist to understand the workings of the universe. Jesus said, you know, if you had faith like a little child, you could enter into the kingdom and you could mm. understand like the magnificence of the kingdom and what he's given us, and who he's made us to be and how it works. And so the the parables Beautiful. are stories, stories that help us do Simple that. stories that, that, that really help unveil the truth to us. Yeah. We're going to be taking a look at Matthew 13. If you have your Bibles, let's open them up to Matthew 13. And the parables of the kingdom open our eyes to the supreme value of the kingdom of God. Uh, we can get lost in the haze and the maze of, of daily living and miss the supreme value of the kingdom of God by just wanting the pleasures of this world. Uh, the, the kingdom stories, the parables, the, they also, these parables about the kingdom will show that it is selective. Not everyone is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. I want to make yeah. sure you understand that. Yeah. And because you've probably been to a funeral... And yeah. it sounds like everybody's going to heaven. It's not the truth. And I'll tell you what, there's probably going to be a lot more good people, as we would call it, in hell than there are truly evil people. These parables show that it is selective. And not everyone's going to end there. We'll see this in a couple parables that we'll, we'll take a look at. Today, we're going to look at the wheat and the tares. And also, in this same chapter, you'll find the, the story of the parable of the dragnet. By reading those, these parables will also let you know that there's consequences, and there's sobering consequences. It opens our eyes to the reality that God is a king. Jesus is a king, and all opposition will be crushed. So there are consequences, and these consequences are, and we can fall into it by our choices that we make, really, because we can choose eternal life, or we can choose the pleasures of this world, and if we follow that all the way down, that's eternal death. And eternal death is not like you're dead and the eyes are closed and there's just yeah. blank. 
you're going to feel, you're going to experience, you're going to be alive in a sense that you are separated from God. This, these are consequences. And God uses these so that it opens our eyes to the reality of what's the future. It's important for us to understand that our choices are very important. Important. Last week, we looked at the parable of the sower sowing the seed. And those are talking about the seed is perfect, incorruptible seed. The seed is the same on all four soils. Soil number one hit the hard ground. The birds came and ate it and left. Number two, the roots were, the ground was shallow. It came up, it grew, but it withered and died because of what? No root. No root. And Jesus explained that that was persecution of the word. And you don't really believe that. And then peer pressure. And then that person fades away and is gone. The third soil was about, it came up, it grew, but the pleasures and the love of money, it produced no fruit. And it was the fourth soil. So that we understand that that seed was God's word, and it was talking about the heart condition of people. Now, this one that we're going to look at right now is going to open our eyes because it's the wheat and tares, and it's going to be, it's talking about seed, okay? But this seed is different from the other seed because it's talking about two seeds here. And, you know, our choices that we make, the truth you hear, you're responsible for. Yeah. That's pretty sobering. Yeah. The truth you hear, you're responsible for. Because your heart response to the word is everything. It's everything. And we'll be judged because of it and for it. And so gaining understanding is really the highest importance of our life, isn't it? Yes. If, if the kingdom of heaven lives inside of you, you better figure it out. And this is like what Pastor Mamie said. Here's the key. Here's the answer. It's right here. Because when we understand that the kingdom of God is in us, it's going to affect our entire perspective of our life here and now. So let's open our Bibles up. We're going to take a look at Matthew 24, or 13, verse 24. And it is the parable. You know, you're, in my Bible, it has little headings. And this is the one that says, the weed and the tares. I'd say weed and weeds. Huh? Weed and weeds might be on yours, but uh, the weed and tares. And uh, we'll pick it up in verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain sprouted up and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. And the servant said, do you want us to then go and gather them up? But he said, no, least while you gather the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. 
This is really important for us to do. This story gives us a broader picture of our lives here on this planet. God right now is permitting the good and the evil to live right now, the righteous and the wicked together right now in this age. But the good news is that it's not going to be forever. (laughs) Yeah, amen to that. Because there's going to be a judgment coming and there's going to be a separation happening. And the disciples ask him, what is the meaning of this? In verse 37, let's take it. And he answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. (coughs) And the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire, where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is a pretty sobering parable. Now talk about consequences, and these these consequences are eternal. You want to put that next slide up there? The picture? Yeah, the picture. There we go. Look at that. A tear in the ancient world was a common weed. And really, as you can see, it was indistinguishable between the wheat and there's the tares until it becomes fully grown. And then you can really tell. And so what happens, it was not unusual in that ancient world to uh, sow tares in the field of an enemy. And why? Why? Because it would destroy the food supply and would weaken the people. Actually, Roman law had stiff penalties if you sowed tares in the field of someone else. The wheat and the tares. The wheat and the tares. So stop and think what this parable is saying. Jesus said in verse 37 that he, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. Okay. And the field is the world mm-hmm. and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. So if Jesus is the son of man, obviously, he sowed, first sowed the good seed into the field of the world. He, he really was the first seed, if you will, the first, because his life had to be sown uh, into the earth, he said, like a grain of wheat. That's right. To fall into the earth and die before it would produce many others. There's this, there's this scripture, John 12, we have Let's the wrong reference up there, I think, but it's John 12, 24. That Jesus is talking about his own life Mm -hmm. when he says this, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one grain. It never becomes more but lives by itself alone. But if it dies, 
it produces many others and yields a rich harvest. Mm. So what is he saying here in this parable? He who sows the good seed is the son of man. So he had to sow his own life first as a grain. He comes as a humble servant, willing to give up his life for the sake of saving people, for the multiplication of salvation, for many more wheat seeds, if you will. Firstborn among many. Yeah, firstborn among many. This is why he came, because he loved the people of the earth. He's coming to save the people of, of the earth from eternal death. So his life then would produce many other grains of wheat mm-hmm. after its own kind, each seed producing after its own kind. It says that that's the law of Genesis. That's right. As the Lord created the, the earth and everything was coming forth, it kept saying after its own kind. So wheat seeds, <laughs> a grain of wheat cannot produce a tear. Right. All right. A grain of wheat cannot produce a tear. But hear this, like if you say you are a grain of wheat, you're called to produce the same life and yes. as that as the as the initial grain did. Right. It's all coming from that first grain of wheat, Jesus. All right. So if you if we say we're a grain of wheat, uh, God is expecting us to say, to sow our life into His kingdom purpose. Right. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Right. How do we do that? Because he said, unless that grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies. Well, we don't, again, we're not, he's not asking us to die on a cross like, as he did. But he's asking us to die to other things, to ourselves, yep. <laughs> to our flesh, to our selfishness, to our old way of thinking, to our self-centeredness, to this is what I want to do with my life. This is how I want to live my life. This is how I see it. I say it. We need to die to those things. Yes. This is, we are supposed to be producing the same thing that Jesus produced. So yeah, amen. When you see it, when you plant a seed in the ground, if any of you are gardeners and you've ever planted a seed in the, the ground and you wait, and lo and behold, in whatever, a week or two, something green starts to pop up. A little sprout starts to come up. Well, can you dig up that plant, let's say in a couple of weeks or a month or at the end of the summer, and find that seed still sitting at the bottom of the plant? Have any of you ever, you know, when you pull up and you're cleaning up your garden in the end, what do you find at the end of that? You find a whole lot of other roots, but the seed is gone, right? Right. The seed has actually died to itself in order to let the plant's potential come forth and live forth. It produces something different, right? It goes in like a seed. It's like, well, it looked like that tiny little thing. Now you got a bunch of tomatoes. How did a tomato come out of that? (laughs) (laughs) This is the beauty of God and, and the wonder of his creation and design. But that seed essentially died to, had to die to itself in order to produce the potential that it had in it. It's such a great parallel to our own life. Amen. If we will die to our old fallen nature and let the spirit of life on the inside yes, of us, born of the spirit, and let the kingdom life come out of us. That's what Jesus is asking of our life. It becomes that, that little seed that goes into the ground becomes something far different. And it lives, it lives a different life, right? Capable of just producing more of the same. Like you get a tomato plant, you think, man, you just crush one little tomato. Look at all the seeds you get out of that. Mm. Each producing after its own kind. More sons. This is Jesus's, the whole point of his death and resurrection then was to produce more sons. That's right. In the earth. Not more tares, sons of the right. kingdom. Look what Jesus says here in John 6, 25. Anyone who loves his life loses it but anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal Mm. 
Whoever has no love for, no concern for, no regard for his life here in the earth, but despises it, preserves his life forever and ever. And that word hate, we need to understand, God is not expecting us to just walk through this life and go, I hate this life, I hate my life. That's not, it means to love it less. Right, right. That you're not so, put, you're not putting all your eggs in this basket of what's in front of you here. You're more concerned about what matters most, what's coming from heaven. Yes. The viewpoint of heaven. So the grain of wheat, you know, is willing to give up its life. For the sake of finding true life. Amen. That's what this scripture is saying. If you love your life in this life, you're clinging to it. You're putting all your effort into it. You're trying to make this everything to you. Then you're going to lose the whole point of eternal life. That's right. You're not going to understand the kingdom. And if you are a born again person, you will be the most frustrated. Truth. Because you're trying to just, you're trying to keep that old seed alive. And Jesus is trying to say, let it die. Come forward with me. Let what I put in you sprout forth. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. And so only the people then that are, will allow that to happen will begin to produce the fruit of the kingdom. That's that, that soil we looked at last yes. week, the four yes. soil, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Mm -hmm. Many of these parables all fit together when you begin to study them out. Yes. You know, it, that actually becomes the eventual proof of whether you truly are a grain of wheat or a tear. And then you ask, can churches have wheat and tares? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, be sure you know you are wheat. <laughs> I mean, take a look at it. Look at this next scripture. Because this is pretty straightforward, and the Bible does get straightforward about this. And the reason the Bible gets straightforward is to convict you. To convict me. Because at the end, people will be condemned. Would you rather be convicted now? Uh, than to find you wasted your life and yeah. you're a tear? It's I mean, shocking. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a shattering truth. It, it, we, we think things now shatter our world. But there is an eternity that we are, we, we are all facing. I would much rather have my, everything shake now so that what cannot be shaken Amen. gets planted on the inside. Hallelujah. It's so true. And it comes back to our choice. What are you choosing? It's nobody else. You're in charge of what you think. And the pressure of the world is trying to move you off center. Yeah. And Christ has to be your center. And you have to know him. And your roots have to go deep. You have to be strong. And you have to take effort to do it. This isn't just, <laughs> I come to church, I honor God a little bit, and then I go and do what I want. This is your life. Because there's going to be an appointment. The most important appointment in our lives is when we stand before Jesus Christ. He knows all. He'll show you everything. He'll reveal your motives of your heart. And you know what? You want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But you know what he also says? There is a scripture that says that your names can be blotted out of the Book of Life. Look at what it says here in John. 1 John 2. Wouldn't it? It's again. I would rather get spanked by God now 
than be losing rewards for all of eternity. This is what he says. Whoever says, I know him, but fails to keep and obey his commandments, his teaching is a liar. And the truth of the gospel is not in him. The Bible says the word of God is like a two-edged sword. This is a strong word. And if you really look at the scripture, Jesus has a lot of hard sayings. Mm -hmm. A lot. There's not much wiggle room there None. when I read that. There is no wiggle room. He's pretty straight up about what he's saying. The big deal is to know that God is love and he loves you and wants you. He is pouring out his spirit on the world, wooing people to come to Christ so their sins can be forgiven and they can be born again and become a son of the kingdom. And I'll tell you the truth. Nobody loves you like Jesus loves you. There's nobody who loves you like God who loves you. And the Holy Spirit is here trying to reveal that love. And so let's not resist him. And you don't resist him... How do we resist him? We resist him by just not doing what he's flat out told us to do. Everybody wants to know the will of God. Give me the will of God. Are you obeying the general will of God? Start there. And it's just like what Pastor Mamie says. Well, I'm dying to myself because I really wanted to do that. But God's word says this. And so I'm coming over here and the light of God comes. You're starting to walk into the kingdom It's the kingdom within you. (laughs) He loves you this much to get in your face to straighten you up. Anybody have teenagers? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you have to get in their face. Oh, their ears. (laughs) You know, listen, our salvation is a call to action. Believing is a verb. It's not a point in time. Well, I said a prayer while I was there, and so now, no, you get born again. That is the start of the adventure. Yes. Pastor Mamie says, we think that our salvation and forgiveness is our sins, and it's a ticket when I die, I go to heaven. The truth is that when you really give your heart over to Christ, heaven comes inside of you. And this is what we want to live. We want to live it all out. We want to live it all out because it's so good. It's great. You get back to what God intended. The beginning. What was it? The garden where he walked among men. And he, he, he wants to have his will done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And so what we have to do is allow him to do what he wants to do in our life. It's for our good. He loves you. Love is guiding you into the blessed life. Yeah. And the blessed life isn't like I don't have to do anything and everything comes to me. The blessed life is a fight of faith in this world. It takes effort, energy. Yeah. It calls for your whole life, not part. We want to be 
not just 30 and bringing a, a harvest to God. We want it more than 30. We want to get our lives going into the 60 realm, and then we'll come to the place where we're not satisfied with this. We have a holy dissatisfaction. I want 100% Jesus. And you know what that means? He's going to cut more things off. He's going to prune our lives to bear more fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, <laughs> because we want it to be a reflection of Jesus. We can look at that statement up there. Salvation is heaven's kingdom. Do we have that statement? Salvation is heaven's kingdom coming to live in you. And I, then I let my life become a reflection That's right. of Jesus. It's the truth. That's really the simplicity of it. Our life in Christ is about life transformation. It's about who we are becoming. Come on. We should be slowly changing. Jesus, in John 12, 26, Jesus said this, If anyone serves me, he must continue to follow me, to cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be in dying, and wherever I am, there will my servant be also. That's awesome. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Look at that. See, there will be rewards at the end of this life. But the rewards often are coming <laughs> as we have surrendered our life here in the earth. We've died to ourselves. Yeah. We've given ourselves over in love yeah. to God. Mm-hmm. This isn't a have to, like, die to yourself. And when we understand, like, how much God loves us, like what Pastor Steve was just saying, we love him because he first loved us. <laughs> this yes. is a matter of honoring God and recognizing what he's done for us. And what the alternative was. Right. Condemnation and Ooh. hell and separation and the fires of hell forever. It says burnt, it says gnashing of teeth, wailing and Wouldn't you want to go, whoever did that for you, thank you. Oh, I'll do anything for you. Yes. I'll do it. I, what, <laughs> nothing's too much. Come on. Right? That's right. So it's a baptism. Jesus is saying, my servants are going to follow me wherever I am. Jesus walked a path like this in the earth. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. baptism. I say this again about death to your self-life, like what I want, how I feel. We just sometimes want to live in the past. Well, this is what I went through, and I, we've all gone through difficult things. Right. But the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us now to help us break free of the chains of the past. Right? Go oh, forward. Just, go forward, right. Gosh. I mean, and often God, because we just stay stuck. Like the children of Israel did this in the, in the Old Covenant. Read Exodus. Go back there and read the stories. Read those first five books. They're mm-hmm. eye-openers. They wanted, they stayed stuck. Let's just go back to Egypt. Let's go back to slavery. It was better there. Why? Because we had the food we wanted. The environment was better. It was more comfortable. It wasn't a desert. They lost sight of what they were given. They were going to be taken to the promised land. Yeah. And so often, we're just so stubborn. God will use all the trials of our life. And sometimes I think for the sake of the purpose of your life, he will allow just specifically to be on a path specifically designed, you know, for the purpose of helping you die to yourself, helping you face some things about yourself that you need to face. And we just want out of it. We, we think, like, wait a minute, we get mad at God, right? <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Like, I thought this life in Christ was a life of favor. I thought you blessed me with favor. And, and goodness and mercy is always following me. Why am I in this job? I hate my boss. I can't stand the people I work with. And I've been praying, and you're not answering. 
None of you have ever thought like that, I know, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe he doesn't want to give you a new boss because he's saying, I'm trying to get you to work some kindness and patience to come forth Ooh. out of your heart. Let some of the kingdom of God that's on Ooh. the inside of you grow and become a different plant instead of just impatience. Let the fruit of patience grow. And so he just kind of lets us simmer in that crucible, if you will. You'll stay right? there till you do it right. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to let, you know, you shine some of who you are in Christ into the situation. Yeah, He's on. like, I'm not going to just let you run from thing to thing that bothers you. I'm going to let you overcome come by on. my life in you, Woo. right? And so this is how we die to our old way of thinking, our old self, and we produce a new life for him. Amen. Right? You know, another important thing in this parable is that the, the devil is real. He's active throughout this age. He's energizing the people's minds, their hearts with unrighteous and evil thoughts. They have these ideas that stand against the holiness of God. They they rebel against God's leadership and his kingdom. Consider all the religions, the false religions in the world. Okay, now listen, they can do a lot of good things, but they're a tear. They might look like Oh, piece of weed. You have that in quote-unquote Christian churches. You have tares that are leading entire congregations. You, you look at the evil institutions. Universities now are talking people out of their Christian values. Their <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, gosh, could I go on? Amazon, the government. Powerful personalities. You know, you got Soros. You've, you've got uh, Bill Gates. These, they're bringing out suggestions and saying that, that this is, but it's a, you know it's against God. It's against his ways. you got sports people. They're influencing people that, against the holiness of God, the ways of God. And the, doesn't the world seem like it's flooded with seeds of tares? Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. you, you just turn on the TV and you look at it because there's a delusion. It's all a delusion from Satan. The problem is when you start grabbing hold of that and walking in that delusion, it's, it's, it's like a cancer that's going to go attack. But then we ask, why is God letting them grow together? And Because... He's so powerful, if a tear bows his knee to the things of God, it can become wheat. I mean, that was me. Amen? That was you. None of us start off born again. None of us. But he does it so that it rubs up against the kingdom of God, just like Pastor Mamie was saying. Why do you give me a new boss? I just can't stand him. (laughs) Why aren't you shining your light? Because you're wrong. You'll stay there, and if you stay in that, well, all of a sudden now you're thinking like a tear. All the while, the kingdom of God is inside of you, and you're shutting it down. And do you think you're going to stand before God and he's not going to know that? Every little thing, folks. Every little thing. He's, he's, he keeps good records. He says books were open. 
And then he opened the Lamb's book of life. It says every deed we do will be judged. So why don't we just yield to the Spirit of God and say, Lord, I'm going to walk in patience, peace, kindness, love, joy, peace. Oh. Let the kingdom of God that's in you manifest, even if it's hard. Ooh, this is going over good, Pastor Steve. <laughs> and you know why it happens like this? It's actually to make you a mature believer. That's right, yeah. God's not wanting any weenies in heaven. He wants you to become a mature believer, a strong believer. You're choosing life and not death. You're you're casting down imaginations in your mind. You get something coming in your mind that happened 15, 20 years ago. You're failing. You want to live in the past? No. If you don't, then stop thinking about it. Because there's no happiness there. I've never known a person to be really happy and full of joy who's just who's living according to that old seed. It's just not possible. It's impossible. And, you know, I think what the, you say, why, did, why does God let the, the two grow up together? Well, on the other hand, that the, what the devil means for evil, God can use for good. So even though there's all this negative influence around us in the world, in the presence of society, it'll cause the wheat to grow stronger because you resist it. Yes. And you stand up for what is right. It's not as though you're, you're not hating the world. You're hating the sin. You're, you, we want as many people to come into the kingdom as possible. But we have to be strong and know what we believe. Otherwise, right. we just start to wilt and we become like the rest. Right, mm. so we have to see the distinction. And the other, the, the other thing strong that this parable is telling us is that very plainly, there's a final judgment. It's delayed, and this is part of the deception. If you just live in the world, you know, you're born into the world. You do what the world does. You you go to school and you finish school and you may go to college and you get your job and you get your house and you have your kids and your dog and your cat, and you go on your vacations and you do the whole cycle of life. Right? On, you plan for on. retirement and come you go on. the way of the earth. You die. Come on. You're deceived if that's all you think life is, because there is a judgment to come. And this is part of why Jesus told these parables. This is the mystery of the kingdom. It's very much at work. You yes. cannot see it. But in the spirit, we are all moving towards that final day of judgment. And how wonderful it is to know how we should face Ooh. it, isn't it? I mean, I just think, oh, God, you're merciful. Thank you. You, you told us. You, you gave us the mystery. You told us how it, how it's, how it works. Thank you for convicting me, yeah. Lord. Because at the end of the age, this parable says that the wheat and the tares will be separated. Yes. God will, God sees the fruit of the, the tare will become evident. They look very much, they can look very much alike growing up together. But at the end, the fruit that's produced is what, how God will know even, he knows. And very much there's going to be a judgment and the, 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 wheat, the tares will be gathered, it said, bundled and thrown into a fire. Everlasting, Everlasting fire. Hell is real. Torment day and, it's and eternal. night. While it says the righteous, the gathering of the righteous will be rewarded to be in the presence of God and his eternal kingdom forever. Jeez. And he's not counting anybody out. This right. is the beauty. 
of our Savior. He offers salvation to everyone. It's not as though, you know, when you were born into the earth, where you were marked and predestined for death and for condemnation. No. You have free will and you have choice in the matter. And there's an awesome outcome for anybody who would choose to say, well, I don't even know what it all means, but I'm willing to give up that old to take on the new. Amen. Just like Jesus ended that parable, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I say that again this morning. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. You want to be sure you're a grain of wheat. Come on. And that you've been tending the garden of your heart. You see the rocks. The, the, the parable of the sower showed that plainly last week. Weeds could grow. Rocks can be in the mm-hmm. garden of your heart. Pull them out. Do what you need to do to help Jesus and your, with, with the help of the Lord and the grace of God. Cultivate the garden yes. of your heart. We want to go the full way with Christ. Amen? Ha- hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus said, you know, he's the grain of wheat that fell into the ground and died to produce many more. So let's just stop and we'll bow our heads and just consider the things that the Holy Spirit's been showing us this morning. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Yes. Does the fear of the Lord capture your heart? Do do these words make you tremble inside? If they don't, I fear for you. I genuinely fear for your salvation if you say you're saved. Because these words should make you tremble. Right. That heaven is real and hell is real. And you don't want, we don't want to go there. Do the words of the Bible make your heart tremble and fear? Do you desire to obey it? It's going to cost you. It doesn't even matter the cost. Who cares the cost when you consider what, what he's you, done for us and what we gain? What we gain. He may ask you to say goodbye to some things in your life. And he'll ask you to do that only because they will hurt you in the end. They will turn out to be weeds and rocks in, in your heart in the end. And it'll choke out the fruit that he wants to produce in your life. And so in love, he says, let that go. Drop that. Follow me. Obey me. He knows the things that you're involved with it will cause your heart to drift away from him. And he loves you so much. He's willing, he's willing to bring this message across your yes. path to say, hear my voice. Hear what I'm saying to you. He calls you beloved. Are you willing to forsake and for the sake of love to honor what he says about life and how you live your life, your relationships, marriage? your thought life, purity, walking in forgiveness, praying. Jesus, I pray you do a work by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, in our hearts. You've done so much, more than words could even say. Mm -hmm. Great, truly great are you, Lord great are you, Lord. You've given us so great a salvation. I pray, Father, that we become the people, the bride you want us to be, that we would honor you, glorify you, that our heart's passion would be to know you, to follow you, to serve you all the days of our life, that we would do, do anything you're asking of us, Lord, no matter how hard. It was hard for you to leave the beauty of heaven and come to a fallen earth to rescue a sinning people, but you did it out of love. 
And so, Lord Jesus, we respond in love back to you. We respond in love and devotion to you this morning. We worship you, Jesus. I thank you for the truth of your word. Jesus came saying the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus is calling you and you have a choice right now. You have a choice right now between life and death. And the more you resist this call, the harder your heart gets. That's just part of the way the kingdom works. Say, fall into his arms. He loves you. There's no one who loves you as much as Jesus loves you. And he proved that on the cross. Jesus is calling you right now. If you're going to respond to that call, I want you to raise your hand. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not this afternoon. Today is the day of salvation. Don't walk away from this invitation. Okay, all I can say is the kingdom of heaven has come near you today. Let's let's continue with prayer. Father God, today, we all make a decision, Lord. You see our hearts. You know what needs to be done. And you have borne witness to us what needs to be done. We ask for your grace so that we might obey and complete what you're asking us to do. Because joy is at the end of it. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen.